You're listening to Payments Innovation, a podcast dedicated to helping business leaders navigate today's global digital economy. Looking to learn about the latest innovations within fintech and payments? You've come to the right place. Let's get into the show. Welcome, everyone, to the Payments Innovation Podcast powered by Currency Cloud. This is your host, Kara Hayward. I am very excited today to introduce two special guests in honor of International Women's Day. I have Neve Taylor and Chiedza Muguti as well. Welcome. I would love to start off with some quick introductions. Neve, if you wouldn't mind starting with uh, a quick background about yourself. Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. So fittingly, I've got quite a diverse background. I started off as an actress in TV and theatre for 10 years. Then I became an NLP corporate trainer. And then I spent the next decade at Apple and Google in senior level executive roles. And then I left with a flourish and started my own business, helping people, particularly women, uh, find their voice in large organizations because it can be so hard. And actually ended up coupling up with a a former Googler to form a Together Equal, which which has led us very nicely down the path of diversity, helping all people from all backgrounds have a voice and have confidence to speak up in their organization. Thank you so much. And Chiedza, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself as well. Yes, and thank you very much for inviting me and having me. So I'm Chiedza. I uh, work for Penta, and this is a bank for SMEs in Germany, a digital bank. So we're super modern, super cool. Uh, My background is financial services. So I've always worked in financial services. So that's been for about 13 years. Um, Yeah, usually I'm based in Berlin, but I am at home in Harare at the moment. So I'm super happy. That's fantastic. Thank you. Great. Well, I would love to maybe start off by um, talking a little bit about what skills uh, females can bring to Originally, specifically, we're going to talk about fintech, but I think, Neve, you have quite a broader view of this as well. Um, so maybe we could start with Chiedza on this question. What, what skills do you think females specifically bring to um, the fintech industry? I think I would say vulnerability. And that really helps people to feel very, very comfortable, you know, whether something's gone well or something hasn't gone super well. Um, and I think that, you know, I'm not saying men are not vulnerable, but I think women are much more comfortable with being in that vulnerable space which then invites others to share and be a little bit more open. And why that's really important is because if you think about different levels of seniority, people who are more junior might be really fearful of leaders. But if you show that you're vulnerable, then people feel like I can relate to you. I can talk to you and I can ask you questions and I can learn. Um, And I think that's something that women bring much more strongly um, to the table. That's amazing. That's such a unique perspective. I actually don't think I've heard that before, but it makes so much sense. It really fosters that collaboration. I love it. And and Neve, you have such a diverse background in all of the areas that you've worked. What do you think that females really bring across the different uh, areas that you've worked in your life uh, in terms of the skills that they bring? Oh, well, I want to commend Chiesa firstly for that brilliant answer. It's so insightful. And if you go to TED Talks, there's so much stuff about vulnerability being one of the most powerful attributes and compelling attributes we have. And we're good at it, yet we shy away from it in business and getting our uh, getting our thoughts heard. Um, and I think in terms of challenges women face in fintech, I, I can't speak directly because I didn't well, have worked, I've worked in tech. Um, but I do have a, a, a friend who is a director in a hedge fund uh, on the technical side. And he promoted a woman 
because of her talent. She, no one else could have been promoted. And he promoted her into his team, but then was met with all sorts of different conversations that he'd never had with men in his team. My kid's sick today. I need work from home. I need to do the picking up. Uh, my nanny's not there. Um, can I leave early? All sorts of extra responsibilities that the men were not bringing to him and his team. And I'm so saddened to say um, that he, he, chatting in a pub to me about it, he told me, and I will never promote a woman again because of this different kind of relationship he had to have with one of his team members. This didn't impact her work, but to him, it was so um, out of the culture that he wasn't able to embrace it at all. And I think that's incredibly shocking for it to be happened two years ago and incredibly sad. Uh, I should have challenged him more on it at the time. <laughs> wow, that is, thank you, Neve. That's, um, that is shocking and, and it is sad, especially, you know, this day and age with COVID and everything where families are really having to step up on both sides uh, of the table and everyone's having to give a little bit. Right. And I think that it's hopefully something that we can all work to challenge together, both men and women. Right. Because I think oftentimes, sometimes men, they want to be, they want to be able to have a conversation and they want to be able to support the family in the way. And so I think opening up the conversation is fantastic. That probably brings me on to another fantastic topic, which is remote working, right? Um, especially during COVID, especially during everything that's been going on. Um, I think it's brought a lot of benefits to females and to families, but I think it's also brought a lot of challenges. And so I'd love to hear from both of you. What do you think is the most rewarding thing about remote working? Uh, and Neve, this time we'll start with you. <laughs> yeah, well, for me, this is a, is a positive. It's really leveled the playing field in terms of working mothers, uh, I was a single mother at Apple and Google, and I did feel strain and exclusion about not being able to jump into activities. If you think about the working day, uh, commuting to London, for example, a 9 to 6 p.m., 7 p.m. day at Google, no one left at five o'clock. You know, it would mean I wouldn't see my son from Sunday evening all the way through Friday night or Saturday morning. That is not healthy. It's not feasible. It's not sustainable. It's not fair actually. Flexibility is, it should not be a de debate this day and age. Getting a part-time role and accelerating your career and growing and developing yourself is extremely difficult to have a powerful role in a part-time um, situation. Um, so having remote working has just blown, <laughs> blown the playing field apart, blown it all out of the water. Um, to be able to pop to school five minutes away, pick up your child, come back to work, to be trusted as well, you know, allowing yourself to have space to work without interruptions of the office, cutting out all the meetings that do nothing for us. Um, we all know Jeff Bezos' uh, opinion on anti-meetings, the anti-meeting stance, and, <laughs> and certainly at Google that happened a lot. There were meetings for absolutely <laughs> no reason at all. Uh, so productivity can increase. Um, for people like me who are introverts, an open plan office is designed for an extrovert personality, and it can be you know, exhausting to be in that environment as well. I was speaking to a global training company the other day. Um, he's in Denmark and he does training for all the tech companies in the world. And I asked him about virtual training. Do you think we'll ever get back face to face? And he said, if you'd have asked, you know, all the big companies a year ago, would you ever do virtual training for your employees? They would have said no. 
Absolutely not. But you can have working relationships in a virtual environment. We can connect. We can talk. It can work. And now all the planning that's being done for the next three years just is just virtual training situations. So it's, it's, it's profound uh, what has happened with, with COVID. And I really believe it's changed well, the world in a way that we will never go back to that inflexibility. I sure hope that's the case because I totally agree with the with the flexibility. It really makes it honestly. I, I sometimes think that we're getting more work done these days because of that flexibility and the ability to right. So <laughs> I could just add though, there are some things to watch out for. Watching my partner, who's never worked at home in his entire career until January, so being inside can, especially with the lockdown situation, can make you retreat. And we do need a culture, a work culture that embraces flexibility of working at home, but also allows us to go for a walk, stops us overworking. We're doing 15, 16 hour days because we're at home and there's a sense of pressure on us to overperform. Um, and we can get trapped into a very inside, no, not a healthy you know, environment where we're not getting out, we're not exercising. He stopped running because he used to do running when he went out to the office. So, you know, it, we do have to restructure our lives to be to be healthy around being inside as well. But for me, all the positives outweigh the, the negatives. That's a that's another fantastic point. And and she adds, other than the fact that remote working is allowing you to be in Zimbabwe at home right now, which is I know a huge positive. <laughs> I'd love to hear your opinion on the matter as well. Yeah, I mean, I think that you know, when else would I be able to be home for months? Uh, which is really, really special. I haven't been home for this long since I was 19 and I'm now 38 years old. And it's really special because it's reconnecting with where I've grown up. It's being around my family. I mean, I always come for holidays, but now I actually feel much more embedded in, in the household and everything that's going on. I don't feel like a visitor. I feel like I live here. I think the other thing that I would say is positive is that we're seeing such a human side to our colleagues. So you see the dog in the background with the baby crying or someone just has to hold a child during a meeting. And I think it just shows that we're all human beings. We all struggle with the same things. And it kind of changes maybe how you empathize with someone else that maybe you may not have been able to have that kind of conversation with them. You know, just earlier today, I had a meeting with someone really senior. My nephew was just really clingy and just kept talking right <laughs> over. And I just, I apologized. And then I said, actually, do you know what? Um, he's just a baby. He's, he's only little. Uh, and actually, I quite like seeing him growing up. Um, and, you know, the sea level I was talking to was laughing. And he was, I was totally fine. My kids are much older, so I know uh, what's going on there. But to Neve's point, the thing that I always say to my team is that we're not working from home. We're at home during a crisis. It's a different situation from just a regular working from home. Um, and I think one thing that companies are struggling with is that balance of how do you manage a workforce during a crisis? Because this is a crisis. So it's an existential crisis, right? People are like, if I get COVID, will I be super sick? If someone I love gets COVID, what will happen? And it's really trying to think about, we're expecting the same level of performance from people as in a normal times when we're in completely abnormal times. Uh, and I think corporate is really struggling with that balance at the moment. That's a really good point because I think it's been what's been going on now for almost a year, right? Or a little bit longer in some places. And so it's almost become normalcy. <laughs> and we've, it's like, at what point do we forget what normal was? Um, and so how do we remind ourselves that, yes, we are still in a crisis and, and ensure that the policies that we're making today are keeping that in mind? Um, for sure. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. 
So I, I'd like to touch on, so the theme for International Women's Day this year is choose to challenge. Um, and I think that, you know, the concept behind this really is each and every one of us can do something really small and keep in our heads the full year about how are we going to challenge the norm on a day-to-day basis. And so I would love to hear from both of you what your choose to challenge is. I'm happy to share mine first. Um, mine is actually to seek out more senior level female mentors that have families. I am also you know, in my 30s and something that I've thought about. And um, I realize I have no one who, who has always pursued a career that also has pursued family and balanced and made it work. And so that's something that is on my goal list for this year. So that's what I'll be choosing to challenge. Neve, I'd love to hear, or actually, I think Chiesa, I'll start with you since I started with Neve last time. Love to hear what your choose to challenge is this year. Mine is a big one and I think it'll be ongoing, but I choose to challenge myself to be much more visible. I think when we think about representation in tech, I'm in the very minority. So black, female, very, very minority. And when you think about when people have aspirations, you know, normally people like to see someone who they could model themselves on. I think Serena Williams and Naomi Osaka are very good examples of that. You see the beautiful grace between them and Naomi probably watched Serena growing up and thinking, you know what, I can actually do this. It's really, really possible uh, for me to get to that level of greatness. Um, Not that I'm equating myself to Serena, but, you know, recently I started doing more podcasts and just getting so many messages from other young black women who are just like, oh, you know, I'm really inspired. I never really thought of myself being in this area. So, you know, kind of making myself more visible, sharing a lot more about my story, my journey and my career and sharing the cheat code. So (laughs) how to get to different places and and really working to overcome, you know, imposter syndrome, I would say, which is, you know, quite prevalent. I think that's just an issue for a lot of women. I'm not saying all women because, you know, there's some women who are super confident, uh, but I think it's also nice uh, to, to be more visible and share a lot more. Just going back to the vulnerability, I'm really big on big on that. Love that. It shows that anything is possible, right? And and I think that that is fantastic. Uh, Neve, how about you? What is your choose to challenge this year? Yes. Uh, well, mine is for women at a certain stage in their life. So I'm 50 next year. And I have worked with women all my life who have seen young women struggle to speak up. And now I'm an old woman. I still see, uh, I'm still reached to, out towards women who cannot be heard in organizations. And I'm in a very privileged position with Together Equal to be able to talk to all sorts of different organizations, encourage them to have their own voice. And we can all say the word diversity, promote it. But for a lot of organizations, it is a box ticking thing. You know, <laughs> you're, you're a golden, you know, you're a black female woman in tech. That's, that's amazing. Uh, and everybody will want to tick that box with you. But how is this organization supporting you and enabling diversity to happen in the culture? Because this is what I found with, with tech. You know, they, they're really happy to attract all sorts of talent. But the culture sometimes is so oppressive to different people from different backgrounds that you can't be sustained. And we end up leaving because we haven't seen our kids all week or or whatever it is. And I found that um, young women uh, at Google were very submissive in the way they were told to speak and had to ask permission to ask questions and things like that. Behaviors that as a 50 year old woman, I would not tolerate. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I find that I still find it challenging and difficult to be heard uh, and be accepted for being different to the perceived traditional work culture. 
And that's my challenge. I still choose to challenge myself to speak out and create a positive conversation out of something that is negative. I don't say I do it all the time, but I, I really encourage us, uh, especially approaching you know the next stage of our lives. It's fraught with all sorts of physical and emotional challenges. And if that's invisible and unspoken, women in the workplace uh, and embracing every thing that makes us different and unique. Love that. Sorry, Cara, can I just add one point to what Neve said? Do, that, yeah. is, that is absolutely incredible around saying we're diverse, but are people thriving? It's one thing to say you're diverse, but are you allowing people to thrive? There was an amazing example of someone in parliament in New Zealand, um, someone who's Maori, and he didn't want to wear a tie. He wanted to wear a Maori tie and he was kicked out of parliament. And then there was a whole debate saying, right, OK, so you're saying you have a diverse parliament, but actually what you want him to do is, is change his identity to fit into your standard. But is that really diversity? Um, and then eventually it all was sorted out and he could wear his Maori tie. And this is a small, it's a small example, but it's, it really speaks to the fact that if you're going to be diverse, you've got to allow people to thrive without changing their identity and who they are. Because then what's, then what's the point? That it is just a, a box ticking exercise. So yeah, I, I love that point. A great example. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know we're coming up on time here. So I, I'm, I'm going to finish it out with just thanking you both for spending the time today, sharing your thoughts and your views. We're very excited to continue the Choose to Challenge throughout the year and, and you know, ongoing as well. I really appreciate uh, the time today. And uh, we will hopefully talk soon about how our challenge has been going throughout the year. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. For the much. Lovely to meet you both. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Payments Innovation Podcast. This is your host, Kara Hayward. Very excited to host part two of our special series on International Women's Day today. We are very excited to have Anika Allen from Barclays here with us today. Welcome, Anika. Thank you for having me. Excited. Absolutely. What I would love to do is maybe if you could give a quick background about yourself and your role at Barclays, and uh, and then we'll kind of kick off the show from there. Perfect. Well, so my name is Anika Allen, as you said, and I work on the global diversity and inclusion team at Barclays. So I handle all things DNI. Recent, most recently, I've worked on our very first um, diversity and inclusion report. So if you kind of go into Barclays' website, then you can read all about what we're doing when it comes to. DNI within the business and the commitments that we've made to um in all the different agendas. And yeah, so I handle kind of content, communications, um, all under um a DNI banner and lens. Fantastic. That's that's wonderful. And it's funny, I was I was just thinking back, I used to work at Barclays back in the day. And so I'd love to pick your brain and read that report and see uh, all the wonderful things that you're doing there for diversity and inclusion. So I would love to start off just kind of getting your thought around. What unique skills do you think females bring to not just fintech, but sort of financial services? Because I think Barclays is a wonderful example of the intersection between between both, right? A little bit of the more traditional banking mixed in with a lot of the fintech of, of today. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts around that. Yeah, no. Um, so I enjoy working in the industry. I mean, I think it has a potential to reach and make a real difference to the lives of millions of people, which is why I work in DNI within the yeah. sector as well. And I also believe that we often lack the kind of perspective of women when it comes to financial products and services. And so after all, you know, women are half the consumer base for products and services that we're trying to reach, yet there aren't enough women at the top in financial firms. 
And there are also not many female founders in fintech, which hopefully will change going forward. But I think it's, you know, it's still quite a new and exciting industry when it comes to the fintech side of things. And But, you know, it provides a perfect blank slate, I think, you know, to kind of do away with that old boys club image that's often been associated with kind of traditional financial services. And it allows kind of like us women to kind of demonstrate success solely kind of based on our merit. Um, you know, as long as you kind of bring in real value kind of to the clients, building a strong team. And as women, I think, you know, we're excellent at multitasking, have that emotional intelligence needed. I mean, after everything we've gone through in the last year with the kind of pandemic and things, I think, you know, emotional intelligence is a huge thing when it kind of comes to, you know, our teams and looking after their well-being. And I think as women, we kind of look for that a bit more. Um, so, yes, I think there's lots that, you know, we can bring to the table as female leaders. And, you know, as well, we're ambitious and hardworking and all the same things that that men are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's no question about that. And I think you make a good point about, especially in the last year, where I think the human side has come out quite a bit more with, you know, children and pets in the background and uh, really showing that we all have lives outside of the workplace. And so that emotional intelligence is more important than ever. So I totally agree with you there. And on that note, I, what, what has been the most rewarding thing for you about remote working? And maybe not just for you, but what you've seen at Barclays and the organization as well. I think that for me personally, as you mentioned, they're kind of like families. And, you know, my daughter's often popped up on um, the screen during conference calls and to say hello. I'm a mom of a two-year-old. And so, you know, like work-life balance is very important to me. So I haven't been able to spend more time with her and kind of seeing her milestones because when I went back to work for maternity leave, she was still quite young. And also not having the dreadful kind of commute to work. <laughs> I think that's yeah. been, um, that's been um, great. And, and I guess just seeing internally, seeing how we've managed to adapt um, things for colleagues in terms of, you know, changing all our learning to kind of that virtual environment instead of in person. We've got some really amazing colleague diversity networks. So seeing how they've managed to kind of be really creative and thrive to kind of really still continue to build on that inclusive culture within the workplace has been fantastic to watch. That's wonderful. And I, I think I noticed as well that you uh, are developing the first like portal specifically for women at Barclays. Um, and I imagine that it's great timing with the remote working and the need for more things digital. I'd love to hear like what 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 do you think is the the most exciting thing about that portal that you're working on? Obviously there's a there's a lot I'm sure that goes into it, but and and how has it been I guess, enhanced or affected by uh, the recent COVID pandemic? So the Women at Barclays portal is part of our gender agenda in terms of helping kind of giving women the advice and guidance they need to develop themselves personally and professionally. It provides lots of kind of role model stories, um, information on dynamic working and just and provides the kind of tools that you need to kind of like advance and develop their career within the business. And so it's just been... It's just been really um, fantastic working on that and um, interviewing different talented women around the business at various levels within the organisation. And then pulling that into, because I've recently overhauled our internal diverse and inclusion intranet. And so kind of pulling that portal into kind of the main ecosystem of the kind of DNI and world so that more colleagues can engage with it and find it within the organisation. So, yes, it's been a really great project to work on. That's fantastic. I think especially with an organization like Barclays with hundreds of thousands of employees across the globe, also working in so many different types, right? Retail, um, capital markets, et cetera, et cetera. Um, having that one place to go to see different perspectives really truly embodies the the, the concept of diverse, diversity and inclusion. Um, that's wonderful. 
One question for you. So uh, obviously we've made a lot of progress uh, as women, right? And as uh, you know, supporters of women in the workplace, but looking forward, what is the one change that you'd like to see in the future as a working woman? Well, I think we still have fewer female role models in senior mm. roles from yeah. startups right through to the FTSE 100 companies. And this has to change over time to really move the agenda forward. You know, work-life balance is still a challenge once women have families. Um, we shouldn't forget that for more junior women, childcare still presents a significant challenge if both parents are working and too many times childcare often defaults to the woman. This can sometimes be by choice, but then we need to ensure women are aware of those challenges mm-hmm. at an early stage of their careers and are planning for them. So I think, um, you know, just in the last year, I think one thing has helped a lot of women is the kind of the idea of flexible working or dynamic working and being able to broach that conversation with companies, especially once kind of the world opens up again and people are going back into the workplace, being able to have that conversation about, you know, how do you need to flex your life for it to for you to have the best of both worlds? That's a that's a wonderful point. And actually, it's a great segue into our theme for International Women's Day this year, which is choose to challenge. Your point there is exactly what my choose to challenge is this year. My choose to challenge is actually seeking out more female mentors who are in those senior leadership positions, who also are managing family, right? Because as a woman myself in my mid 30s, you know, that's something that is on my mind quite, quite often. And it's difficult to really find a, a plethora of those types of mentors, right? And so I think that that I totally agree with you on that. Um, I would love to hear what is your choose to challenge theme for this year for yourself? So many things I want to choose to challenge. <laughs> From, I guess, you know, women being paid less for the same job as a man to yeah. kind of getting promoted in the top jobs. You know, I guess <laughs> those are difficult choose to challenge. I can't combat it all, but I can try and do my little part. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I think it's, uh, we are, as you said, we are multitaskers. So having the ability to have multiple choose to challenges is a great, great example of that. Um, um, I did have something else I was going to say on the choose oh, to challenge. Yes, I would love to hear more. <laughs> well, in terms of my um, choose to challenge, I guess they say it's going to take like 100 years to reach um, gender parity. And mm-hmm. I personally think that's way too long. And, you know, yeah. it took us, what, 100 years to secure the vote. And and so I guess why I chose that choose to challenge is because I'd love to do things to accelerate this and because it makes me angry that women get paid less for doing the same job. And as a black woman, I know that the gap is worse. Yep. You know, I've got a two-year-old daughter, as I mentioned earlier, and I know that a number of women that have kind of like difficulties managing a full-time job after they've had had, a, had their first child. And you know, also when I started my career, I didn't know certain jobs were available to me. So I think, um, you know, I guess why I chose that choose to challenge is because I think we need to do more to promote certain jobs to girls to ensure that they think that they're, you know, they're suitable for those kind of jobs. And, you know, maybe that, that they're not boring to make sure that girls understand that and um, like STEAM. I, some people say STEM, but I like to say STEAM, kind of like science, technology, engineering, arts and maths, because the arts is kind of the area that, that I enjoy as part of that, that. Those subjects have, you know, excellent prospects when it comes to job security and salary levels. I mean, we can't force girls to pick those career paths, but um, I think that we can, um, just like we can't force boys to kind of pick career paths in sectors that aren't traditionally for them. But I think, you know, our effort is required by, you know, parents, schools and media to ensure that girls, you know, are truly informed about these options and making these careers attractive. And, you know, I've done mentoring for charities and in schools. And I also run an award ceremony called the Black Magic Awards, where we celebrate phenomenal Black British talent. So I co-founded that with a UK British, a UK comedian. But because I understand that representation matters and that people need to see kind of role models, you know, 
for young people, you know, how do they know they can be if they don't see it? And I want everybody to realise their potential and not get left behind, which is why I guess that choose to challenge is important to me. That's wonderful additional insight. And I, I totally relate to that because I think that that's the biggest issue sometimes is young, young children don't see themselves represented in these roles. So they don't think that they're for them. And so the more that we can show that, yes, these are available to you and you deserve to be there and you deserve to be paid fairly and equally is so, so important to close that gap. And then a final question for you. I'd love to hear, looking, you know, looking back at your career, what advice would you give to your younger self uh, that you could maybe impart on other junior women coming up in the workplace? So I'd say, I guess, don't be afraid of the word no. I mean, it's just two letters that no could mean not right now, or you're talking to the wrong person. And also to learn to advocate for yourself and be able to speak up about your value and your worth and to not doubt yourself and push for what you deserve. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> totally agree with that one as well. I think that's, um, that's fantastic. I think oftentimes we think, oh, we have to do, we have to wait for our turn and we have to do the top job of at every little thing we do before we think we're, we are valuable for that next opportunity. And, uh, and so I, I definitely feel you on that one. Well, Anika, it has been absolutely amazing speaking with you today, getting your insights on you know, women in the workplace, your work at Barclays, as well as International Women's Day and what your choose to challenge is. Thank you so much for your time and I look forward to connecting with you in the future. Currency Cloud is an online payments company that makes international money transfers fast and simple for businesses. We're building a borderless future where international transactions are seamless for a better user experience. Discover the world's most trusted payment platform and our toolkit of developer-friendly APIs at currencycloud.com. You've been listening to the Payments Innovation Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe now in iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Until next time.